Before we get into today's episode, let me share a quick story about something that happened to me on Monday. So one of my friends here in San Diego, Carl Stedman, who is the founder of a hedge fund, introduced me to his friend, John Goot. Now, John is an up-and-coming success coach, and I met him up for a cup of coffee here in downtown San Diego. And as we were talking, John mentioned to me that he wanted to write a book. And given the size of the audience of 2,000 books, he would like me to review his book, and that he would pay me for it. To which I told him, John, we don't operate that way. We do not take money for summarizing the books or interviewing the authors. We have a rather rigorous process for selecting the books we summarize and interview. We only deal with books that we strongly believe will help our audience of ambitious entrepreneurs. Now, John was rather taken aback and at the same time, really happy to hear that we operate this business with integrity. And then he literally forced me to share this story with you guys, with my audience, because he wanted you all to know how I operate this business. He thought that was really important for you guys to know. So he wanted to make sure that you knew that I operate this business with high integrity and that my integrity, this business's integrity is not for sale. I really value learning and growth. It's a value very dear and near to my heart and I will never sell that. So by the way, if you have any books or authors you want me to bring to this podcast, please post that in your iTunes review of the podcast and I will do my very best to bring them on. Well, now let's move on to today's episode. In this episode of 2000 Books, we talk about how to make your marketing more effective by gaining insights into your customer's decision-making process. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs, books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. Adele Ravella has been practicing marketing for over 25 years and is the founder of the Buyer Persona Institute, whose mission is to empower every marketer to understand what really matters to their customer. Buyer Persona Institute also conducts buyer persona research for some of the biggest businesses in the world today. Adele, I'm really excited to have you on the show and learn how to truly understand what matters to our customers. So welcome. Thanks so much, Manny. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And I'm excited to talk about this book and about your story as well, because in today's online world, we have a lot of talk about buyer profiles and avatars, and then you're talking about buyer persona. So I want to be able to help explain this to our listeners as to why this is important. So tell us, why should an ambitious entrepreneur, early stage entrepreneur, listen to this, watch this, I mean, read this book? Well, you know, it's one thing to come up with an idea that's really innovative and unique and decide to start a business to solve a problem. It's another thing altogether to to be sure before you go and invest a lot of time and money even in creating that business that you understand that there's a market full of buyers out there that are ready and willing to spend money to solve that problem. And and that's what your buyer persona should tell you. It should give you insight into how, when, and why buyers choose to abandon the status quo and, and go spend money on a kind to solve the problem that you're addressing. Right. And uh, you have a pretty funny dedication <laughs> in the front of the book where you say, 
dedicated to every marketer who questions the validity of making stuff up. Is something along those lines right? Questions the wisdom of making stuff up. Yes. Yeah, that's my dedication. You got it, Manny. And, and that's so true because as marketers, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we wear a lot of hats, one of which is a marketer. And sometimes we believe in our own hype. We believe that we can just make this stuff up. We can just make up this profile of this buyer in our heads or this avatar of the customer and then run with it. But that's not true, right? Well, and, you know, frequently the entrepreneur who's starting a business used to be their buyer. You know, they personally experienced a problem and they're very excited about solving that problem because they've been there, done that, mm -hmm. and wished that they had the solution. The key then, to the part of what I just said, is a market full of buyers. So the real question is, are there enough people out there spending money to solve that problem that are like you or like your vision for that avatar that you can actually make a living doing this and what are all the things you're going to have to address in order to persuade those people to choose your product and, or service or whatever it is. That's that's the key thing the buyer persona should tell you. Absolutely. And the latter part is so important. How are we going to be able to persuade, to be able to market to them, to sell to their audience, even if the product is good, even if the product is something that the market needs? How do we do that? And that's something that's that we have to learn. And buyer persona is so important in order to be able to do that. So, I want to get into the book, but before we do that, I want to understand your story, your business story, and what led you to this book. I understand you've had a couple, of, a few entrepreneurial ventures under your belt. This is the third one, but there's been a lot you've been doing about this whole topic for a while now, right? Yeah, I, I actually learned from Regis McKenna, where I worked in the mid '80s. I feel so old when I say that, but um, it's true. And you know, Regis McKenna launched Apple computer and so everybody because they used to call at themselves apple computer till they became just apple now and we uh, i didn't work on that account but at the time i learned that before we went out and did a launch for any kind of a client because we were an agency uh, we needed to go interview the customers and the buyers and understand their perspective and in those days we talked about positioning and messaging and first getting the buyer's perspective so you know, I would say that I give Regis credit for that sort of like pretty early in my career. And then I went on, I, I had my own agency for a while and I sold that and, and went in-house for about 11 years as running product management and product marketing and uh, for a little while sales for three different tech companies. And uh, in 2001, that all, I, I was working for, I'd gone to work for a company in the B2B e-commerce space. And uh, if those of you that were in the tech industry and around that timeline will recognize that it was a tumultuous time. Uh, there were a lot of companies coming and going very rapidly. And just nine months into my tenure there, the company went out of business. And so I did a little career reevaluation and decided that my best days, the days, and I think this is good advice for entrepreneurs actually, to take a look at how do you like to spend your day. And if we could create a job where we got to spend our day doing what we love to do, then that's the perfect thing. And so I did that. I, I found a company, a company is called Pragmatic Marketing, and they did training for technology industry marketers and product managers, and I built a course and licensed it to them. And uh, for about 10 years, I got to travel all around the world teaching people a two-day workshop that I had built around 
um, everything to do with launching and promoting products. And one of the things I told people in that course, in that workshop, was you you got to build buyer personas. you got to know your buyer. And at the end of the workshop, they'd fill in a feedback form, and they all said, this was the very buyer personas were the most valuable part of the workshop. So when I sold that course, sold that business to Pragmatic Marketing, I decided to start Buyer Persona Institute. And my vision was to train anybody and everybody how to do the interviews to really, like I'd learned in 86, you know, how to interview customers and buyers to really get our head around the buyer's mindset about this decision that we want to influence. And uh, so we started as a training company, and that was almost seven years ago. And within a couple of years, I figured out that most people didn't really want to do the interviews themselves. And so now we're still a training company, and I wrote the book to really train anybody who wants to read the book how to do these interviews. But 90% of our business comes from doing the interviews for our clients, and we're actually more of a market research company than we are a training company. Still, my personal passion, Manny, is for training people to do this. I really want everybody and anybody who has the desire to have the tools to go do their own interviews. That is great. That is great. And I think we started off the interview talking about buyer persona and importance of buyer persona. But let's dissect this a little bit for our audience, for our listeners. Let's try to explain the difference between a buyer profile or a customer avatar and a buyer persona. What What's the distinction there? Yeah, so what most people are talking about when they say buyer persona is something that I refer to as the buyer profile. And while it's okay to build buyer profiles, it's not nearly enough. And what that means, what a buyer profile means to me is it tells us who our buyer is. It tells us any one of a number of things about them, depending, you know, we might learn their age and their career background they have and whether they're married and have kids and what hobbies they do and so forth. And while that's fine to know, for me at least, marketing the kinds of things I've had to market and really high consideration products and services, it's really instant. And so for us, a buyer persona is a little bit about the buyer profile and a lot about what we call buying insights, which is where we go in depth to understand how, when, and why the buyer makes that buying decision that we want to influence. Mm. So the distinction is not only, I mean, so the buyer profile is just almost like a demographical analysis of that person in some ways, or, or it just tells us who that person is. But mm-hmm. buyer insights, as you put it, is why they buy, when they buy, how they buy. And that is so important. That's so crucial when we're trying to sell it to that person because if we don't understand those, then we have no shot at selling to that person. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we can, it's almost funny to me that it would be of any value to know whether, you know, this is a mom with two kids and a dog and, and you know, likes to go out with her friends at night, if what I'm trying to do is convince her to buy, uh, you know, a software application to run her company, you know, just like, I don't get any closer to really knowing what I need to do to persuade her that my cloud software solution or my vacation to Costa Rica or my washer and dryer is going to be a more attractive option than my competitors. And and that's what I need to know to have this be valuable. Mm. So you talk about you talk about the idea of 
you know, getting this insight, getting the buying insight from our customers. And you say there are five rings of buying insight. And the way I distilled that information, I mean, you have it down to very specific steps. First up, which is a priority initiative, which is why do they buy? Why are, what's the most compelling reason for why someone buys your solution or a solution in general in that field, right? Right. Right. What are the triggers? What are the motivators? Because people, human beings, have a natural tendency to stay with the status quo. I mean, they're going to continue to do what they always do. Something's got to interrupt that buyer and have them do something different today. And the the priority initiative insight tells me what that is for for this category that I'm in. It doesn't. It's not around my products. It's around the category that I'm in. And so, you know, why does that solve? decide to go buy a washer and dryer what's the trigger or why does she decide to go to go take her kids on vacation or to go on a vacation for herself or to buy new software very different motivations for each of those and so that's why the buyer profile alone it could be the same soccer mom but now we want to get insight into that priority initiative mm, so that's the first thing we need to understand mm-hmm. why are they buying and the next thing you say is the success factors which is Almost like what are the results they expect, right? What are the end results? And is that like the benefit or how do you? It is a a lot like benefits. Um, The the value of all of this work is because people mostly reverse engineer their benefits. Manny, and you're you're an engineer by background. You understand reverse engineering, right? I mean, we, we take what the product does. And then we make up, this is making stuff up, we sit in a room and we make up that buyers need all the results that our product could produce. And, you know, the fact is, is that buyers probably have a very different picture than you have of what benefits they want. It's probably a subset of what you think the product can do. And it might even be something that you're not addressing in your product or service. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, we need to understand the results that they're expecting, not just make them up in our head. It seems like this book is really against the whole philosophy of just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why the dedication. Yeah, I was right. I was kind of tired. I have to tell you, I'd, it was hard writing a book. And at the end of the day, I was the publisher Wiley said, you know, we need a dedication. I'm like, oh, you know. Let's just not make stuff up anymore. So it just kind of came out. And then, of course, I had a chance to revise it before it went to print. And I thought, no, that's really what this book is about. <laughs> Perfect. So as we're talking about the rings of buying insight, the first one is the priority initiative, which is basically why are they buying? And the second one is success factors, which is the results they expect. And the third one you talk about is the perceived barriers, which is mostly about why they won't buy, right? What's preventing them from considering your solution? Right. Yeah. And if there's one insight that really rocks people's world when we when we look at it, it's that one. You know, and you said it, Manny, in the introduction, it's like we get so caught up in what's great about our product or service. And so it's really tempting to just market to the positives. But if we don't look at the buyer's objections and if we don't have a strategy to address those objections, that's where it really can hurt us. That's where we're going to find something that is either about the product, the service, or just the nature of the amount of change or the perceptions of our company or our brand or the competitors that's in the way of this buyer choosing to change or choosing us when they make that change. 
And uh, we frankly, and I, you know, I wish I could tell you specific stories. This stuff is so confidential. It's like the formula for Coca-Cola, right? When our clients find these out, they don't want anybody else to know about this. But this is really the secret sauce is the perceived barrier inside. Hmm. And of course, different industries, different companies will have different insights, different perceived barriers that they will find. And in fact, of course, inside the industry, every company will have its own sets of unique challenges that it will have um, with respect to the customer and why the customer won't buy their solution and why they will buy someone else's solution. And that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to unearth. Exactly. And the fourth step in, or the fourth ring, you say, is the buyer's journey, which is all about how they evaluate all the options that are in front of them, right? Exactly. And, you know, because if there's one thing we want to know as entrepreneurs, it's how can we most efficiently find the buyer when they're somewhere along that journey and do or say something that's going to engage that buyer and get them to consider us. And typically for young companies, this is one of the biggest challenges because we certainly don't have large budgets to spend, you know, on doing a lot of marketing. And we have to, you know, hidden inside that journey in the ring of insight are all the places that, um, that client I might you know begin to engage and um, be able to find an opportunity to introduce a company that you you know your your buyers probably never even heard of well how, you want to be where they are um, and again I wish I could tell you stories about this so much I, I the only one I'm allowed to tell is Caterpillar it's in my book mm-hmm. uh, where Caterpillar uh, this is the company that makes bulldozers right and they found by looking at the buyer's journey for their buyers that their partner uh, organization um, was a key part of one of their buyer's journey who was pretty uninformed about the kind of bulldozer they needed to buy in order to be able to bid a new project. You know, maybe they were doing landscaping and now they wanted to get in the swimming pool business and they had a chance to bid a job, but they got to know today what kind of new equipment, excavation equipment they're going to need to have in order to do that. And they found that their partner organization, which was key to that buyer's journey, just wasn't um, responding quickly enough. And so you can picture this buyer, he's out there and he's calling John Deere and he's calling Kubota and he's calling Caterpillar and whoever answers this question first is going to get the business. Wow. It's a, Yeah. I mean, having that insight could completely transform the business that comes from that side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's so important. It's so difficult sometimes to understand because we're caught up in our own world and we think we have these features and benefits and we're so much better. What we forget is there's so many things that are going on in the buyer's world and in their decision-making process that could affect that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the next one you talk about, the final one in the insight is the decision criteria, right? The specific attributes that they're going to evaluate us on. Yeah. So in the decision criteria, what we're getting into is all of the attributes of the product, the service, the company that buyers are investigating as they're weighing which company they're going to choose. And so, you know, frankly, Manny, this looks a lot like features and functions when we get this. Um, And or, 
you know, how the kind of service we're going to deliver afterwards or the kind of um, company we are going to be to deal with, the kind of partner we're going to be. And we have a chance really to hear the buyer's voice around those attributes and begin to, so that we know, because it's a myth and it's a myth that's been around for a long time that in marketing, we only talk about benefits and not about features. In today's world, we have really educated buyers who are out there looking for, uh, they have a, their mindset that, you know, that they need washer that has a steam cleaning function and they're not going to evaluate anything that doesn't or that they need uh, to have a piece of software that's going to run in the cloud or that's not going to run in the cloud. And, and we've got to get clear about what those um, expectations are and then be, w- be willing to talk about those openly in our marketing to the buyers in order to get them to engage with us. So this is great. Now, I can imagine if, some, you know, for someone who's listening, they're wondering, okay, well, these are all the insights I need. That's great. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of stuff that I need to learn. But how do I go about doing that? What's the process here? So tell us that. I mean, what's the what steps do we need to take? Yeah. So the key thing is is to actually listen to real buyers tell a true story. So there's also this really annoying myth going around around buyer personas that they're fictitious, made up portraits of your ideal buyer. And that's just hogwash. I could use a more blunt term, but I'll stick with hogwash. (laughs) And the fact is that to get to these insights, we want to talk to people who have recently actually spent money to solve the problem we solve. And we want to get them to tell our story, their story. We want to, we can get these people on the phone, we can meet them in person, whatever it takes to get with them and there's only the key is an unscripted dialogue with this buyer people the number one question i get is you know give me the script give me the survey mm-hmm. that i'm going to use to get these insights and i say no it's not going to work that way what you've got to do is get people who have just been through this journey they've just been through this buying decision they've struggled to get all the information they needed and to make this choice and to, and then walk them through that and the only scripted question first one take me back to the day when you first decided that you needed to solve this problem and tell me what happened and then it's about having a very interactive dialogue and and this is the part that this is why I wrote the book Manny because you know in a in an interview like this, with the time we have allotted, and there's just no way to train people how to do this interview well. And so unlike most business books that are just kind of like, hey, you need to do this, and here's a bunch of case studies, in my book, I actually laid out how to do these interviews, how to find people to interview, how to how to take the interview transcripts and build the personas, get the insights from them, because I wanted this to be something that was accessible to anyone. And build, doing that interview correctly, um, it takes curiosity, it takes an open mind, and it doesn't involve a script. <laughs> so that's those are the three things I can tell you probably. And I'm going to spend more time on this, but I know it's a lot of detail for mm-hmm. a podcast. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And as you started off saying, there is no script. And it's kind of terrifying for a lot of people who are starting off because they're hoping that somehow they can just use the script to figure out what they need to figure out. But a script will not get us there, right? Why not? Because in a script, it's about you. It's about what you want to know and about what you think is important. And more than anything else, 
of the buyer interview is about discovery. It's about leaving aside all of your ideas, all of your opinions, and just listening to what's important to your buyer. And as soon as you ask a self-serving question, as soon as you say, well, did you go to my website? And what did you think about my website? And and that's about you. And so this is not about you. This is about them. And it's, it's about just being genuinely, openly curious. And when they say, well, we went out and did a Google search saying, really? So when you did the search, you know, what did you see? What was interesting? What was helpful? What wasn't helpful? And if they didn't say they did a Google search, you don't bring up the Google search. You only, it's like if you ever watch a journalist on TV who's really good, you'll see that, sure, they've got a few areas that they want to talk about, and so do we. We want to understand the buyer's story. But the most interesting questions they ask are the probing follow-up questions to something they said. Well, that was really interesting. What did you mean by easy to use? Because everybody wants it to be easy to use. But can you just tell me what that means to you to have a product that's easy to use? And it's and it and if you you couldn't script that ahead of time because you don't even know if they're going to say easy to use. Yeah, I get it. I finally get it. I was thinking about this even before the interview. I was thinking, I was trying to understand why a script wouldn't work. I was thinking maybe I, I could create script around specific products and try to figure that out from that perspective. But I get it now. A script assumes a lot of stuff. A script has assumptions. And I think we started off by saying we're not going to go on assumptions, right? <laughs> well, it's it's very hard to cleanse our brain of those, but it is really a critical aspect of this is we just have to, and we can't go into sales mode. We can't start explaining what our product does or, you know, which is so tempting as an entrepreneur, right? It's really, the buyer says something about, well, we didn't really want a product that does that, you know, comes in orange and you start explaining why orange is the best color. You just lost it. It's mm. like, Wow, that's really interesting. You didn't really want a product. You know, you didn't want a software package that ran in the cloud. Don't start explaining why the cloud is the best or the most secure. It's about asking, so for you, when you decided the cloud wasn't appropriate, tell me about that. Tell me what it is about the cloud that concerns you. Mm. And and it's getting, and you don't, don't even know if they're going to bring that up. So you don't know ahead what to ask. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the thing that clicked in my head finally. The fact that um, as soon as I have a script, I'm assuming a lot of things about the buyer. I'm assuming a lot of things about the process. And that itself is setting me up for failure in some ways, because that was the whole reason why we started to do this, to not have assumptions. This is great. And one of the things you said is to not ask direct questions about yourself, your website, your product, your services, but instead just open up the buyer for stories, right? And right. It's very difficult to do because you are hoping to get feedback on what you're doing. But instead, what you're saying is you should just open yourself to learning from the buyer. Yeah, that doesn't mean you can't do other kinds of things to know what people think about your product, Manny. I mean, I'm, you know, as an entrepreneur, you, we do take our products and show them to people and get feedback. Uh, but that's not how we deal with buyer personas. With a buyer persona, our job is to understand how a market full of buyers, un- not influenced by anything we say, 
is our, what their mindset already is. And um, I do have one example. You know, people will say to me, hey, but I've invented something brand new and there isn't anything like my product. And I like to tell the story about Apple. So if I had been asked, and we were not, we didn't help Apple launch the Apple Watch. But if, if they had asked me to do that, I would have found people to interview who had, within the last year, purchased both an iPhone and a Fitbit. And I would have found out from those buyers what they cared about and what their whole journey was, you know, the five insights, right, around their what outcomes they wanted, what, what perceived barriers they had to buying those two devices. And I would have got their whole story because you know, in order to sell my Apple Watch, I have to go interrupt that journey and I have to introduce the value prop. So I want to understand already what buyers who are looking to solve the problems that an iPhone and a Fitbit solves are thinking about. Hmm. So you you can do this with brand new products. You've got to find people who have spent money to solve the problem that you address. And by the way, we're doing a study right now for a company that offers a free tool. So even if you're even if you have a freemium kind of situation, you know, I usually say spent money, but just people who have spent the time to go out and look for something that was free to use is can be the same thing. I mean, people are, people's time is as valuable as their money. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's, that's a pretty interesting way to look at the whole Apple iWatch uh, situation now. Um, so... So as we look at this whole picture, as we look at this big picture of the buyer persona, at what stage of development do you usually engage with businesses when it comes to buyer persona? Is it the initial like product market fit when they're trying to figure out how the product fits into the market space? Mm-hmm. Like, tell us about it. Well, you know, it's really interesting, Manny. You, I mean, you started off counseling me that your audience is entrepreneurs. And um, when my book first launched, I did an article for Entrepreneur Magazine where I said, you know, for entrepreneurs, they really want to think about um, whether or not they need to do, how much they need to invest in buyer personas. And and so it kind of fits into your question because if, if I have the kind of product or service where I'm going to have to go invest a whole lot of money and time in building this product and spending money to take it to the market – then the time and, and cost of doing a buyer persona is huge and do it as early as you can. If, on the other hand, um, the, you've got a product or service that you can pretty easily prototype and put into the market and just kind of get f- as you go and you don't have a big upfront investment, then the right time to do this work is is after you've got the product in the market and you've kind of got that response and you're now ready to make a big investment because, you know, frankly, to do this well is, is going to require either spending money with a research firm that knows how to do this or um, really, you know, investing a con- pretty considerable amount of time in doing these interviews and learning how to do them correctly. And so I, 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 my publisher was just horrified when I wrote the article this way, but I said, you know, it's really the different for different entrepreneurs about when they need to do this, depending on, it should be before they're about to make a big investment, um, because the persona itself is a big investment. It's going to pay dividends if it helps you more than anything avoid a mistake 
in the way you invest mm. going forward. Interesting. And um, j- just to kind of put it all together, we've, we've we've talked a lot about buyer persona at this time, and I wanna I wanna close this interview by giving our spe- our listeners specific actionable like almost like a homework, these are the three things you need to do mm-hmm. in order to start on this path or in order to do some buyer persona research. Yeah. So the first thing is to, to buy the book. No. no, I mean, really to make sure that you're interviewing the right people. So make sure that you've got a way to find people who aren't your current customers who aren't the people that already know about your product and love your product because, you know, they're your friends and family. I want you to find people in the in the market who have been in the market. And if if you've got a chance to, you know, it depends so much on the kind of business. If you've got a chance to go where your buyers are. Maybe they're at a conference or an event or a retail ex- environment where you can find them. That's one way to do it. Um, you need to maybe need to buy a list. You maybe need to work with professional recruiters, um, which you can find online by doing qualified, uh, qualified recruiting, qualified interview recruiters. You'll find those people online. Um, but find people who are haven't already been exposed to your product and aren't already sort of biased to tell you what you want to hear. The most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing is to uh, is to is to get. Make sure that the person doing the interview is, you know, get, has a little bit comfortable with this idea of this unscripted interview so that they can uh, be open-minded and get on the phone or get in front of these people and really just listen. I, oh, here's a, here's a great clue, Manny. Um, go, go to your local college or university and see if you can't find people who are studying journalism. Journalists um, are generally don't have good paying jobs and they're really looking for work and they're very they can quickly learn how to do these kind of interviews because they're used to it. So Hmm. uh, if you can't do them yourself, go find somebody who's a journalist or has a journalism background or even in the schools of anthropology. Those people are also used to sort of train to do this sort of work. Great tip. Yeah. And then um, the third thing is to send, record the interviews, however you, you do this. I don't care if you do it on your phone or whatever, but record, do it on Skype like we're doing. Record those interviews and send them out for transcription. You want more than anything to retain every word of the interviews and then start to look through those transcripts for quotes and things the buyer said that represent the five rings of buying insight we discussed and now you've really and look for those patterns across the interview. Those are your key insights that you need to build your persona. Wow, this has been great. This is so much great stuff. So much action-packed learning here for our listeners. So Adele, before we close the interview, tell us how to find the book, how to find you, where to find you, all the good stuff. Okay, well, you can buy the book wherever books are sold. Buyer Personas is the title, uh, and then you can find us online at buyerpersona.com. And um, I'm also Twitter at Buyer Persona or Facebook.com Buyer Persona. I'm pretty much, it's pretty hard to not be able to find me. It's pretty easy to find me, I guess you could say, Manny. That's awesome. And I was looking for your book on Audible, couldn't find it, so I had to read on Kindle. Just a request there. I know. Talk to Wiley, send them a request. They own the book. That's the problem with working with a publisher is you don't get to, I don't own the rights anymore. They own them. Uh, but tell them, I, they've, 
I know they, they, they need to hear it from you guys that you would buy an audible copy. Absolutely. This is, well, I'll, I'll try to get my interview out to them and make sure they understand that now more than ever, people are moving to that medium. That's great. Yeah. Well, Agdal, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners do too. So thank you. Thank you so much, Manny. Thank you for having me. So my ambitious friends, I have a very important question for you. What is the single biggest indicator and predictor of success? Because in my reading of over 1,000 books, I have found out that there is one common thread, one common indicator that ties all of the greatest success stories in this world. And this is a factor that has been emphasized again and again and again in the greatest books ever written on the topic of accomplishing our goals. The greatest thinkers and achievers have all said the same thing. From Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic philosopher 2,000 years ago, to the greatest UFC fighters of today. And from champion athletes like Babe Ruth and Michael Jordan to big-time entrepreneurs like Elon Musk. So here at 2000 Books, we have created a 90-day course specifically on this topic, where we summarize 40 of the greatest books ever written on this topic. So reading these books, reading these 40 books can take you almost 250 plus hours. And if you read one hour every day, Monday through Friday, every week, this reading can take you an year. But what we have done is we have summarized the knowledge from these books into daily five to 10 minute bite-sized videos so that you can absorb a new idea or a couple of new ideas every single day and take action on them, take action on them and build them over time over a period of 90 days. So come check out this course at 2000books.com slash tough. That's T-O-U-G-H, tough, or Text the word TOUGH, T-O-U-G-H, to 44222 and get more information on this course. The course is now live and you can join at any time. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside of the course.